calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Battleground Productions presents Brass, the audio serial, episode 8, Untimely Discoveries. The year is 1885, but not one that would be familiar to you, for this is a 19th century that differs in many ways from the one in our history books. For while the Royal Strand Theatre stands very much where it did in the world that we know, this evening its stage is filled not with a stage crew or actors caught up in a late-night rehearsal, but with a fearsome collection of villains who have spent the last two hours proving their skills for the benefit of the mysterious Mademoiselle Trezano, whose formidable assistant Braddock has tested their mettle in an audition of crime. All but a dozen men have been eliminated, while from the balcony above, Cyril Brass and Ponder Wright watch, fascinated. What do you mean, a crime audition? I'd heard stories that this is how Kensington Gore chooses his gang, but I never believed it. Yet we've seen it with our very eyes. But where is Gore? And who is that woman? Mademoiselle Trisano. I don't know. Now, quiet. She's standing. Thank you, Braddock. And thank you, gentlemen. You have demonstrated that you are the very best of a bad lot. And I mean that as a compliment. For tonight... I seek the best of the worst. <laughs> now, which of you have questions? Where's Kensington Gore? You address the mademoiselle as milady, or I'll knock your teeth in. Sorry, milady. A fair question, if inartfully asked. I am Mr. Gore's chief lieutenant and supervise all the day-to-day -day operations of the company. What will our duties be, my lady? Very much what you are accustomed to. Filching purses, rolling inebriates, snagging stoles from the arms of ladies. But you shall each work in an assigned house, in assigned ships. All due respect, my lady. Sounds a lot like the sort of regular job that R.A. cut out for. Firstly, you will find that the benefits of a regular paycheck will make up for the inconvenience of a schedule, and that the riches available are past what you've ever known. Secondly, if you want to work in or near a theatre in London, you work for us. Now... Any other questions? Just one. Have you a spare audition slot? Cyril! Keep down. Mm -hmm. Huh? What? That's what's 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 Who's up there? Terribly sorry. 
Would have been here earlier, but met a sweet little old lady that I had to bash in on my way. Be down in a moment. He's up on the balcony. And with that, Cyril vaults the rail and, lithe as a cat, leaps the dozen feet down to the stalls in a graceful landing. Mademoiselle Trissano, assembled villains. Good evening. Who are you? Cecil Silver, at your service. Rogue, cracksman, and expert nobbler. A toff like you, a nobbler? <laughs> More like a nance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very witty. Just because I know how to match a cravat to a waistcoat, don't underestimate me, gentlemen. Young man, do you even know what a nobbler is? One who nobbles, correct? <laughs> <laughs> A nobbler is a fellow who specialises in communicating through the medium of grievous bodily arm. A perfect description, then. Oh, really? Care to try me? I would indeed. Age, Mr. Silver? Nineteen. And preferred weapon? Any, really. Since I've brought my walking stick, how about this? How about that, indeed? Well, Mr. Silver... I have a stick myself. Capital. Give us room, lads. <laughs> oh, don't maim the poor thing, Braddock. But, my lady, he has such a maimable demeanour. <laughs> Mademoiselle Trasano, I insist that your uh, henchman not hold back. It wouldn't be fair to him otherwise. Henchman? Sorry, do you prefer the term lackey? You whelp! I'll cut that smirk right off your pretty face. A sword cane? Oh, really, Braddock? Capital. I was worried this might get dull. Lay down, McBraddock. <laughs> Look how his lordship is holding his cane. Over his head like some bleeding ballet dancer. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy gutting you. Come on, then. But as the thug advances with his blade, Cyril begins twirling with cane in the wide arcing whirls known as Molinaise. Stop locking about, blast you! Hey, hey come on, come on, come I assure you, this is anything but. Get in there, Braddock! Come on, old son, scared of a walking stick, are ya? Like hell I am! Like hell you should be. I knocked him out with that silly cane. That's not the way an Englishman fights! No, it's not. It's a system called Lacan, and I picked it up from a Frenchman named Vignet. Anyone else want a lesson? Enough. Very impressive, young man. What's your name again? Cecil Silver. Silver? I'm unfamiliar with the name. What's your province, Mr. Silver? Here and there. Paris, most recently. Hence your facility with your cane. Useful against the fellows over there that call themselves Apaches. I have heard of them. And that is quite a tomahawk you wield. Would you mind awfully if I gave it a look? Be my guest. Here. Ah, well thrown, thank you. Now, by any chance, have those Apaches ever demonstrated the attack technique known as the lariat? That's a new one on me. I'm glad to hear it. It is a technique where a group of men attack a single opponent by surrounding him in a circle, then rushing in at full force all at once. Uh, how many men are in the group? In this case, young Mr. Brass. It stands at about a dozen, with me giving the lariat the yank. 
Ah. I don't suppose you would consider giving me my stick back if I were to ask you politely. No. Oh, well, I thought not. No harm in asking. So, you know who I am. I do. That's why I took your stick. Weapons out, men! <laughs> <laughs> On my signal. One, two... But as Cyril finds himself surrounded by a dozen armed villains, at that same late hour, his sister Gwendolyn is at the Blackfire Club, concluding her set at the Euchre table under the supervision of the club's owner, Vincent Law. Well, that's quite enough for me. I like this Yuko game very much. It apparently likes you as well, Miss Tweet. You have won yourself a tidy little sum there. Mm, I have, haven't I? What a surprise. It's not like whist at all, and yet it does have a certain strategy, doesn't it? It does, yes. One that you seem to have learned with remarkable ease. Oh, I'm just happy to have more money to play with. Now, I was told the really exciting wages are all in the pits. Those are generally off-limits to our new members. Oh, but you can make an exception for me, can't you, Mr. Law? I would so like to have the opportunity to make a few extra wages, and I'm uncommon for my sex in not minding a certain amount of blood mixed in my gaming. Very well. Please excuse me for a moment. I need to go speak to my floor manager. What are you doing, Gwendolyn Brass? What does it look like? I'm making sure we get a full assessment of this club. Mr. Law didn't seem to like you winning so much at his card table. No, he didn't. But I'm guessing he now will be more anxious to show me other ways to lose it again. You played very well, considering how much you say you dislike gambling. I hate gambling, but I'm quite good at maths. And if you can keep track of how many cards are in and out of a deck, it's no great effort to win at such games. An impressive skill. One of many, Lord Whitestone. Now quiet, here he comes again. Good news, Miss Tweet. I have confirmed with my floor manager that we can take you for a tour into the rooms that feature the gambling pits. Oh, absolutely capital. It'll be so much fun tossing about some of the old lucre. Where do we go? Follow me, please. Uh, regrettably, you must leave your valet here. What? Why? We have a strict, patrons-only policy in the exclusive gaming section of the club. Don't worry, Miss Tweet will be perfectly safe. Our security staff are well-trained. I do not like this. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Basil. I'm sure that I'm perfectly safe with Mr. Law. And please, avail yourself of some hospitality. Cecilia! Yes, Mr. Law? Look after the needs of our guest while I entertain his mistress. I am happy to do so. Oh, my. You are a big one, aren't you? <laughs> a big what? Oh, that's what I get to find out. Come with me, handsome. Miss Tweet? I will be back shortly, Basil. In the meantime, behave. And I mean it. As her companion is led off by the scantily clad hostess, Gwendolyn turns and follows the club owner through a long corridor guarded by no less than four liveried footmen, then down a broad staircase ending in a large banded door. A knock, a spy hole opens, and they are let through. 
My, my, such elaborate precautions. The gambling that goes on in these rooms isn't precisely legal, Miss Tweet. Oh, do tell. You realize, I am sure, that pit gambling is not based on chance. It is the most noble and most venerable form of gambling there is. Indeed. Oh, yes. For what is more noble than the life and death struggle of matched opponents? When this town was Londinium and paid tribute to the Roman Empire, gladiators fought for the entertainment of the citizens not far from this very place. So what trials of combat occur in your arenas, Mr. Law? Some are traditional, some are new, and some, well, I believe they combine the best elements of both. Oh yes? How so? This pit, for example, is our ratting arena. Time out of mind, dog breeders have brought their hounds to places like this to see how many rats a terrier can worry to death in a set time. But we've improved upon it, thanks to my particular innovation. Observe what stands in the centre of this pit. Is that some sort of statue? Oh, no, Miss Tweet. It's a mechanical rat catcher. Mechanical? Extraordinary. She is. A beautiful, sleek simulacrum that can track and kill a dozen rats in under five minutes. There's not a living hound can do better than this articulated assassin, though several have tried. What an effective method of vermin control. I wonder if I could purchase one for my scullery maid. Professor Masculine is still unwilling to allow them for domestic sale. The sly things tend to not only shred rats, but household pets like kittens and small dogs. What are the men watching in that pit? A pugilism exposition. Bare-knuckled demonstrations of the sweet science. The combatants been at it for an hour already. Though perhaps victory is close for one from the sounds of the crowd. Indeed. Now, follow me down this corridor. Mm, gladly. I must say, this is absolutely thrilling. Which pit would you suggest I begin placing some bets upon? Oh, this is the one for you, Miss Tweet. Right down here. It's our newest attraction, and I dare say that you'll find it uniquely stimulating. Here, just duck under this ribbon. It's not quite open to the public yet, but I must give you a preview. Come with me up to the gallery. That's it. Now, look down. Goodness, this is quite a sizable arena, isn't it? It must be nearly a dozen feet down to the floor. And what is that brutish thing? That, my dear, is our mechanical bear. A bear? Yes, indeed. As I'm sure you'll agree, bear baiting is a sport that has been justly abandoned in the present age as far too barbaric. Imagine pitting such a noble creature against the fangs of a dozen brutish mastiffs. 
It would be positively inhumane. It would indeed. But a mechanical bear, my word, what fearsome creatures do you set against such a monster? That is a dilemma, as it's quite a formidable creature. If you look more closely, you can see some of the detailed work. Those claws, for example, are much more formidable than those of the natural beast. And the teeth, well... Well? They're awfully big. Terribly sorry. Are you all right? No! You pushed me into this bally pit! I did, didn't I? But you see, Miss Gwendolyn Brass, you were correct. Having commissioned the construction of the mechanical bear, we've yet to have found an opponent that is likely to give it much of a fight. You've the reputation of being quite a scrapper, so I'm hopeful you can give it a bit more of a challenge than the last couple of people I introduced him to. All they did was quiver, plead, and scream. I should be sporting and mention that there's a switch to turn him off. And where is that precisely? Oh, as much as I am all for giving a fighting chance, you must be aware that in my establishment, the house always wins. My word. How can Gwendolyn hope to survive an assault from this murderous machine? And what of a brother who faces an equally deadly menace from a dozen armed toughs on the stage of the Royal Strand Theatre? And what of Lord and Lady Brass, oblivious of the perils of their children as they prepare to face a rematch against their old foe, the Graveyard King? Find out the answers to at least some of these questions when we next join the first family of the realm, Brass. Brass is manufactured by Battleground Productions. For credits and more information on our show, go to battlegroundproductions.org and find us on Facebook. Thank you.